0: Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe
1: Crane. You may not have heard, but Navy Federal serves all branches of the service. For more details and to apply, visit NavyFederal.org. Marine Corps veteran, founder and CEO of Militello Capital and LocalVest, Bill Militello. Welcome to the show today. We've got some great things to talk about. Uh, before we get to talking about business and entrepreneurship, take us back, What you did, tell us what you did in the Marine Corps and maybe even the Naval Academy, depending on how far back you want to go.
0: Joe, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I, I love the name. You know, uh, veterans on the move and if veterans know how to do anything, it's like shoot, move and communicate. And so, uh, I guess we're doing everything, but shoot, maybe we're just shooting ideas around,
1: but
0: yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah, just going back to when I entered the military, I enlisted in the Navy, uh, right out of high school and then got picked up for the Naval Academy, graduated with the class of 92, accepted a commission in the Marine Corps, uh, at basic school, uh, made the decision to go uh, signals intelligence deployed with the 26 Mew to Somalia in 1984 out of Lejeune. And then uh, after getting back from uh, you know it, it, that fun in the sun, <laughs> uh, my last tour of duty was at the national security agency and, uh, and then transitioned uh, out of the military from there.
1: Yeah. I remember when we first were, when we were about ready to come ashore, I, I was in flight school i believe um, when they were getting ready to come ashore in somalia i was watching yep. it on the news it was dark and there were some landing some guys from a landing team that were down there putting in markers on the beach for the for the yes. marines to come ashore when the sun was coming up and and there were all these news news reporters down there on the beach like filming them doing this stuff it, just, it seemed uh, so ironic that you were about to make an actual landing but you know the the current environment was Safe enough that there could be reporters sitting down here. (laughs) That's right. I I remember watching it on TV as well because I think
0: that was the twenty fourth Mew, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Probably Um, earlier than that.
0: Yeah, and uh, remember the a friend of ours, uh, Lieutenant Kirk Coker. I don't know what rank he is now, but uh, um, anyway, he was the one that was interviewed on the beach. Was kind of funny with (laughs) uh, trying to be stealth like and and make the landing and all of a sudden all the camera lights pop on.
1: Yeah, that, that was hilarious. I, I thought that was so ironic. Anyways, so um, talk about uh, what your transition was like uh, when you got out of the Navy, and went back to the civilian side of things.
0: Yeah. So when I left the Marine Corps in 97, after completing my uh, five-year commitment after graduating from uh, the Naval Academy, I, uh, thought I had a plan, <clears throat> and and uh, I had interviewed in a bunch of big places, and uh, uh, and didn't really get, have any offers. But I said, you know, I'm going to try my hand at this entrepreneurial thing, and went to go, uh, you know, work for a friend of the family. And I will tell you that uh, m- my wife refers to or refers to our transition as the flaming reentry. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it's like, okay, it's these guaranteed paychecks, in. you know, twice a month and, you know, the, all these resources you can call up and, and, and really the transition program back in 96, 97 was nothing to speak about. I think the one thing I remember was wear a black suit on interviews. I was like, are we interviewing to be undertakers? <laughs> or in business? So, you know, uh, I yeah. hope to God that, you know, transition assistance has improved in the last 20 plus years. Uh, but yeah, that's what it was like. It was, it was rough. It was filled with, uh, unemployment, uh, filled with, uh, uh, spending my, my modest savings, uh, in trying to, you know, find a career and try to get, you know, something going. And, and it was met with, uh, uh, failure after failure to be quite frank. So it was, it was a scary couple of, uh, scary couple of years, uh, you know, after, after leaving active duty.
1: It's almost like you have to go through that pain just to, you're almost just reorienting yourself and it, sometimes it just takes a while until you get it figured out.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess so. Um, I mean, I agree with you and, but from a personal perspective, I'd like to avoid pain wherever possible. Right. Cause, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't need to, you know, practice pain, uh, you know, life gives you plenty of opportunities to put some knots on your head. So, uh, but yeah, I I will tell you that in retrospect, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life because that transition just, uh, broke me down to like my core values. And, and then I started to rebuild myself from there, but it took probably, you know, two years of just, um, just getting beat on, if you will, by the world mm-hmm. and, um, didn't, didn't enjoy going through it. Um, but a lot of lessons learned and it was a good, it was a good place to build a foundation to, uh, launch from over the last you know 21 years, yeah.
1: 22 years. So after the painful transition, where did you end up landing? Well, I bounced
0: a bit, right. Cause I was trying to figure out, you know, what did I want to be when I grew up? And, you know, now I'm pushing 30 and looking at entry level positions with big companies. And so, you know, after a failed attempt at working for a friend of the family and his financial advisory business, and uh, then uh, with a a government contractor that was building systems for FINRA, uh, I was able to network my way into a job on Wall Street as an equity trader and where I thought, gosh, this is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is awesome. I'm in, you know, the Mecca of capitalism as a, as a trader and was just really enjoying myself and moving up, uh, in the ranks. Uh, and then, uh, nine 11 happened. And so that was, uh, you know, more than a setback.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, Had you always had this entrepreneurial bug uh, going way back or did you gradually uh, end up in it?
0: Yeah. So I've always, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to be a business owner. Uh, My father had a a small appliance and hardware business in my hometown of Bayonne, New Jersey. His father uh, had a sewing machine repair business. So I I read somewhere, I'll have to find, cite the, you know, the source, but and find it for you, but I, I've read that the that having a parent as an entrepreneur has the you know, creates the greatest likelihood that you'll become a, a an entrepreneur or a business owner. And so, you know, I, I you know wash the windows and dust the TVs and the refrigerators in, in my father's business after school every day and and you know, helped them with various things. So I kind of grew up in business and mm. I wanted to serve my country. Um, and I knew that the military is a young person's game. It's uh, not something I can put off into my forties and fifties. And so, uh, that being an entrepreneur and a business owner was going to have to wait until I served and I gave something before I received something from, from this country.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> that's awesome. So, um, as you were looking to make the jump in entrepreneurship yourself after you transition, um, get some stable employment, what kind of things were you seeing out there in the landscape and how did you end up getting involved in, in local vest?
0: Sure. So uh, after, after 9, 11, I was uh, unemployed again. So it started to become a habit and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I got picked up as a consultant to the securities and exchange commission. I thought that would be like a port in a storm and go back to New York after, you know, mm-hmm. the bear market was over. Um, as it turned out, we started to have children and uh, and I decided to hang out a shingle with my first business in January 2003. So I've started four companies. I've sold to uh, all in financial services, and um, as it through know through that progression of owning you know 401k consulting businesses, a wealth management company, and Militello Capital, which is a you know what we call a joint venture private equity business investing in commercial real estate and and startups um, that we we created LocalVest really as an internal software project to manage all of our limited partners, our investors, our financial intermediaries, our deals, and really just to communicate information. And so uh, really LocalVest was just supposed to be an an investor portal on steroids. And uh, I didn't like any of the -the off-the-shelf things. And so in my hubris, I said, uh, we should just build our own. It's software. How difficult could that be? (laughs)
1: Well, well, if you've
0: never (laughs) built software before, it's like, uh, uh, it is very difficult. So, you know, six years ago, we embarked on this project. It worked very well for us internally, uh, not just to communicate information about private investments. Uh, because they're rather opaque, right? You know, it's not Apple, it's not General Electric or Microsoft, where there's plenty of information and analysts that'll tell you everything you want to know about them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's limited information about private investments. And so uh, we wanted to overcome that for our investors and prospective investors and makes it more transparent. And so we built this thing. And when we flipped the switch, the funny thing happened is it, uh, the phone started to ring, right? And people were getting this more, I'm going to call it the color commentary. You know, you get the play by play is the stuff you'd expect to hear. You know, here's your statements and here's your K one and here's your valuation, et cetera, your distributions. But then it was more the color commentary about news. Like if we owned an apartment building someplace and a big company moved into town and we sent out that, that news clipping, you know, digitally, of course, uh, people would find that to be the most interesting thing. And they'd call up and say, that's good for us. Right. And I go, yeah, it's not bad for us. Yeah, it's good for us. You know, more demand for these apartments. We could probably raise rents and we did and we made money. And so that was, uh, that actually turned lo- local vest, the technology into a distribution platform, which I found out later was one of the hardest things to accomplish in, in financial services. So people would call us and say, Hey, you got any other deals? You got any other investments? And, you know, where before you can call somebody a bunch of times and never get them on the hook. Uh, but when they were calling you and asking you, obviously that made for a much easier sale. And so that was the beginning of local LocalVest. And we were approached many times because we had some capital at Militello Capital. We had some capital. Um, and the worst thing in the world was turning an entrepreneur down. It killed me. It yeah. killed me, especially, you know, good entrepreneurs, veterans have solid business plans and ideas, and all they need is gas in the tank, right, Joe? Yeah. So all they need is the capital, and, you know, we had finite capital, and so I was like, well, how do I, you know, make my network, my Rolodex of hundreds of wealthy investors and and others how do I make that available to these veterans? And, you know, cause just picking up the phone and making email introductions was just, you know, that's a job in itself. Yeah. And so we, we kind of had our, uh, my co-founder, John Bracken, who's a really smart guy, Berkeley MBA, who's the co-founder of evite.com and, and was on the AIM team, AOL a- a- well Instant Messenger team, built that back in the day. So really bright bulb, right? And he looks at me across the table one day, about three years ago, and says, um, you know, how many more Melatello Capitals are out there? And I was like, gee, John, I don't know, tens of thousands. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, do, you, do they have the same problem you have? I go, I would imagine they do. And he goes, well, it would take a rewrite of the software, but we could basically turn this from an investor portal to a marketplace. And you'd be able to just make your, your network available to these entrepreneurs who want to come in and list their deals, list their, their offerings. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. And that's local investing.
1: That's awesome. All right, that's a great stopping point. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Navy Federal serves all branches of the service, not just the Navy. That means the Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, Coast Guard, and even the Space Force. I was in the Marine Corps for 24 years, and I'm still a Navy Federal member after 31 years. No matter where you are in your military career, they offer the products and resources to help you navigate your finances, like the Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card, which offers three times points at supermarkets, food delivery, and gas, plus one point on everything else. That means Grubhub, DoorDash, or whatever your favorite food delivery service is. Enjoy special perks and points you can redeem for cash, travel, gift cards, and more. Plus, earn bonus points. Learn more about how you can get 25,000 points, which is a $250 value, when you open a Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card today. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. Insured by NCUA. American Express is a registered service mark of American Express used by Navy Federal under license. If you've ever needed or ever known anyone that has needed emergency medical air transport, you know it can be expensive. And with all the sacrifices you've made to protect our country, you deserve financial peace of mind. An AMCN membership can protect your family and finances, allowing you to worry less about what matters most. AirMedCare Network provides access to life-saving emergency care around the country and their members enjoy an added value. Members pay no out-of-pocket costs for emergency air medical transport when flown by an AMCN provider. Keep in mind, your health insurance may not cover the full cost, but for as little as $85 a year, an AirMedCare Network membership covers your entire household. It's security no family should be without. For a limited time, as a Veteran on the Move listener, you'll get up to a $50 e-gift card when you join. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash vet and use the offer code vet. That's V E T. All right. Back talking with uh, Marine Corps veteran uh, founder and CEO of Militello capital and and local vest bill Militello. So bill um, I was kind of get some little, few more details from you uh, on the break. And so you guys, I wanted to go, go back a little bit when you guys were developing your own software, basically to distribute information to your current investors. And in the process of doing that, you discovered that as you were feeding your current investors really good information on some of the projects and, and real estate that they were invested in, they started calling you. Yes, yeah, that's right. More, being, being more interested. And you said, you know, typically in, in the world of, of selling somebody an investment, you're constantly trying to call call them and trying to get them on the phone. It's hard to do. All of a sudden you figured you saw something, you, you discovered something kind of by accident that made your phone start ringing and yeah. Yes. It was, yeah. It was and the then, oddest thing in the world. Go ahead. I'm sorry, so, Jeff. but this is, you know, th- I'm to stress this point because this is very, very important in the world of entrepreneurship is sometimes you think you're going this way and along the way you discover where, where demand for there's demand for something and you pivot and run with that. And that's kind of what happened in this case. You, you developed this software system to distribute information to your own investors they start calling you people that weren't even in already investors with you started calling you based off of this information flow that you developed and then you said your business partner really smart guy says how many other companies like the, like ours is there and the reason he asked that is huh we could market this software system to other companies like ours develop an entire platform of investment companies that are investing in real estate and you take it even a little bit further, and you say we're going to focus on the underserved communities, like the veterans, uh, minority, and women-owned business projects. And you guys are in the beginning stages of this, but you, you, you've you've definitely discovered something, and and you're you're on to something, and that's that's what you're doing, which is really cool. Now, the 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 top there's the, the top two of the top three things that veterans struggle with when they get out and go into entrepreneurship. One is access to capital. And the, the number two is lack of a network to plug into. Mm-hmm. Um, the, your platform really solves two of, two of those two, both of those uh, struggles. It, it does open up access to capital, gets some exposure, which is also helping to plug into that network that exists of investors that are looking for good investments. And you said yourself, the, the, the thing you hated most was turning down an entrepreneur, and the only yeah. reason you had to turn them down was you didn't have enough capital to give. But if you have a network of other people that are willing to do that, now you're not having to turn down as many entrepreneurs.
0: That's right. In fact, I feel like I don't have to turn down anybody, right? Because we, we did, we had this, uh, as my co-founder John says, we had our AWS moment, right? Amazon, <laughs> you know, build AWS for its own purposes. And then all of a sudden I said, gee, you know, we could uh, provide this service to other people. And so that was the big pivot you discussed from an internal software project to something that when we rewrote the software and made it a many to many relationship and opened this network, which grows organically daily with no marketing dollars spent. And that on the other side, veteran entrepreneurs, whether they're in real estate, they have a fund or they're a startup or they have a you know a franchise, whatever they're trying to raise capital for any, you know, any business that they're trying to raise capital for, you know, can plug in and list and connect with, you know, with those people, which whom they have a great level of affinity, right? A, you know, a, a serious level of connectedness with, because you know the the buy side, if you will, the investor side of this marketplace or platform are largely military veteran-accredited investors. So these are you know millionaires and multimillionaires who are looking to invest in veteran businesses. Period.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you you use the, the new apartment building or the condo complex going up near in the local community. Um, one of the things you said, like, oh, we put in a, this is something that your investors already invested in. You said, Hey, we put in a new parking lot for this building and we sent, sent a bunch of pictures and videos of us building the parking lot and before and after pics. And all of a sudden you start, your phone starts ringing just, just for, that's just one example of. What your system does. Um, why is it that sending investors pictures of a parking lot triggers <laughs> your phone to
0: ring? You know, uh, I will take my best guess because it certainly wasn't, you know, the plan. I guess we, you could we, say
1: you really don't need to know why you just know that it works. Yeah, <laughs> right? I guess
0: so. You yeah. know, listen, I think people understand. I said earlier that uh, private, in, private investments are rather opaque and they you know, lack transparency by their very nature, and so, uh, and even a stock, right, is in your brokerage account. is 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 not really tangible. It's not real. Yeah, it's so, so distant. If you, if you
1: go ahead, I'm it's sorry. It's so distant. You know, it's like investing in yeah. stocks. Not like you you get to go show up at the company and walk around and meet people just because you buy <laughs> stock with them. That's right. Yeah,
0: you don't get to you know go and and yeah. see the CEO of the company and shake hands with them. Uh, nor do you go and have you know get to you know go and, you know, visit the building you invested in, but you can actually. And so that was the idea is like, how do we make investing real and tangible? And so we started with this brand concept of, of real, right. And investments you can visit investments you can talk to. Well, a CEO can't necessarily talk to every investor, but they can communicate information in a way Uh, whether it is taking a picture of a parking lot that's just been restriped, or sharing good news about the community, about a big company moving in and how that'll benefit that, that real estate project or a contract being won by a startup, you know, those are real tangible ways for an investor to start to understand that, Hey, this is real. And, uh, they begin to understand the investment. Right. And then once they understand it and, uh, then they, they can begin to trust it, and so the platform is really uh, helps helps an entrepreneur or anyone trying to raise capital communicate relevant information at scale in a securities compliant manner, and that was our goal from the very start. And you know, as you know, anybody knows that hey, we get a ton of email. We don't read everything. I think we even joked about the emails you sent to me prior to this podcast and that I read them because they were relevant to me. Right. Yeah. And, and I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to, you know, play by the rules that you've set up. And so th- what we, what we've designed are uh SAS based tools and, and patented technology to help in an help an issuer an entrepreneur raising capital, communicate relevant information, things that get opened up, um, at scale in a securities compliant manner and I think that that then connecting them to this growing network of of people with whom they have a uh, an affinity with ie other military veteran investors uh, will make all the difference and and certainly we've seen you know uh, g- case after case after case of people raising money this way.
1: yeah and so, so how are you how do you go about vetting um, those? things or information or people or organizations that you're, that you're willing to put on the platform?
0: Yeah. So a good bit of that is proprietary, right? Um, um we don't, we're not a FINRA registered broker dealer. We're a software platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not making recommendations. So there are some things that we do upfront in terms of bad actor checks and, um, and their securities filing stuff has to be in good order. Um, but I think that the key difference between, What local vest is set up, and this is new. I don't think we've talked about this part yet, um, is, and I'll mention two things around trust. We're really one phone call, maybe two away from anybody on that platform. Right. So as Mm -hmm. an investor or as an issuer, you could, uh, you, you could vet someone pretty easily. The other is that the majority of our deal flow right the majority of our issuers that list on the platform actually come from a third segment of the of the localvest platform called investor groups and these investor groups are you know f- f- for for veterans that like to do deals together to mm. hundreds of investors that you know all went to a school or all you know went to the air force academy whatever you know so mm. there are these mul- multitude of investor groups that um, that uh, invest together, and so what we've set up is this third piece of the of the platform. Our investor group technology allows this group of people who trust each other to evaluate private investments, and with that, they perform the diligence. And so when they perform the diligence, and Um, and then they communicate that using the platform to their other members and then people can make a decision to, uh, invest from there.
1: Okay. So I got a question. Um, from your perspective, since you're in this game, what is it blatantly obvious to you what there's more of? Is there more money out there looking to go (laughs) into something or is there more opportunities out there that are trying to find investors?
0: Yeah, this is going to, it's going to sound crazy and probably frustrating for an, in, for an entrepreneur, perhaps listening, who's having difficult raising money, but there is an infinite amount of money out there
1: looking for deals. Okay. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> and my point is from coming from an entrepreneurial perspective, knowing that you, you, if you're not getting the investment or the money that you need, you're not raising the capital that you need, then there's really one of two problems. You're either not, you, you might, you might just have a bad idea. Um, but it's possible there's a lot of really good ideas that are just not presented well. Your stuff's not in order. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. You know, your books are a disaster or whatever. Um, <laughs> right. that happens all the time. Um, or it's either, it's either you or your, or the, or the idea that's not right. Or you don't have the network to find the money.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 those are the, you know, those are the reasons like you either just have a bad idea and nobody's, nobody's ever been honest enough with you to tell you your baby's ugly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and so instead of uh, instead of just getting this, kind of worthless encouragement of keep going. I'm like, well, I wouldn't because, you know, that's a very, that's just not a good idea. But, you know, who, who am I to judge, right? You know, right. maybe hear that from 10 people that say, you know, that's that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, or that your presentation is awful or, you know, your, uh, whatever, your, the way you're presenting it is bad or your books are not in order, whatever the reason is. Um, yeah, so it could be you're just, it's not, an investable idea that certainly, uh, can be the case. Um, the terms could be bad. I've had lots of people, you know, they've, they know enough to be dangerous. They've, I don't know, watched, you know, too many movies or whatever and read a, read a few books and they think that they're gonna, you know, pull one over on someone. I'm like, listen, (laughs) you know, your deal terms are, need to be, you know, middle of the fairway. There are established norms. Mm-hmm. Just be on the fairway. Don't don't get creative, yeah. right? And I can tell you a million stories about that. Um, and they don't. And and you try to tell them, but it's like talking to a brick wall. They never come back because they just want to figure out a different way. <laughs> and 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 then, of course, then there are people that have everything, most everything in order, but they just don't have the network. They just don't know how. I said earlier. I don't know if it was during the break. Or was recorded that uh, capital raising is a profession. Syndication is a profession. So you may know real estate or you may know your business, but uh, sorry, it's more than just telling the story of your business and, and asking for money. It is a profession. There is a process to it. And, uh, and that's what we hope to also give to clients of LocalVest. It's more than just connecting to a network. It's having access to these saas tools these codified methods of of raising capital and and utilizing them and mm-hmm. if you do that we've seen we've seen uh a lot of success so yeah um
1: yeah well you know new you know fairly new entrepreneurs um they they either don't know how to pre, um, to run their company in a way that makes it look presentable to outsiders Um, or, or they're not, or, or they don't care. Um, but when, when, no matter how new of an entrepreneur you are, you, you, if you're going to run your business, right, you really need to run it in a way that it does look good to an outsider looking in. Even if right now you, you don't think you're ever going to sell, or you don't think you're ever going to go try to raise money. Um, if you're going to sell your business, you need to have the same things in order that you do. If you're ever going to raise money for your business, it's the same. You have, Absolutely to, you have correct. to have good books Absolutely and everything correct. else. Yes. yes. And a lot a lot of a lot of people they run their business just haphazardly or the way they feel like it with not, not ever even consciously thinking about if somebody showed up and looked in on my business, what's it gonna look like to an outsider? And if you can run it properly from from day one, then all that stuff's all in order uh, and makes it a whole lot easier than going back years later and trying to fix everything
0: yeah really there's no excuse nowadays there's so many oh, resources yeah. available right joe mm-hmm. i've i I'm jealous and to some extent of all the resources <laughs> that are available to transitioning you know veterans and and military veteran entrepreneurs that you know whether it's on YouTube or through master classes or some of these boot camps that yeah. exist i mean these are great programs that you just not anyone is going to teach you everything you need to know about being in business. I mean, there's a lot that comes with experience and and all the scars and bruises that, that come with the ups and downs of, of, of growing and uh, running a business. But, and then there's other networking groups where you can just have these peer to peer relationships. There's with technology, we're on zoom right now. There is, all sorts of other technologies that exist and platforms that exist out there to gain mm-hmm. knowledge and to get smarter faster. That there's really no excuse if you're not immersing yourself in that environment because you need to get smart. You need to get smart fast.
1: Yeah, and the other thing I like to stress is if if you don't want to be a bookkeeper or you're not an accountant or a tax expert or whatever, that's fine. You don't. Have, you really shouldn't go do that stuff unless you're yes. very interested in it you just need to make sure there is, there is somebody that's doing it for you. Um, you just, you just can't let it go by the wayside because you don't like spending your time doing that. Um, Joe,
0: that's, that's perfectly, yeah. you know, true or, and absolutely true. I'm a big believer in, uh, that you have to know yourself. You have to know what your, uh, your genius is, right? Your, what is, what are you better at than anybody else on the planet? Mm-hmm. And then you just and that's you know I visualize that as a as a number of concentric circles or rings. And so at the center is what you're great at and you should never outsource your your unique ability. And then everything else that you're very good or good or you know average or poor or just absolutely lousy at, you know, all those <laughs> things, somebody else is genius at those things. And so yes. just find those people and that are trustworthy to perform those functions and and then you just, you grow from there, but you know, focus on your unique ability outsource or hire somebody who's great at the things that you're not.
1: Absolutely. Well, Bill, unfortunately we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, yeah. how do we find local, local vest?
0: Um, yeah, please, please look us up on the web, uh, you know, local com, And, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, William Militello, Bill Militello. You should see me there. Um, please, please reach out. Love to connect with you, everybody on LinkedIn. And uh, if you go to the LocalVest website, please don't hesitate to join as an investor. It's absolutely free. You can create an investor group and have access to a lot of free tools. And of course, if you're an issuer or a veteran looking to raise money and you want a demo of the LocalVest platform and its tools and what it could do for you, you know, there's a little chat box on the website for Local Vest. You know, just enter your name and somebody'll get back to you and we'll and we'll be speaking soon.
1: Yeah, sounds awesome. And also, Bill, if if you're talking to somebody who's in the military, just getting out, looking to get into entrepreneurship, what kind of advice comes to mind?
0: Uh what common advice comes to mind? Uh I love it at the highest level. you it's it's the toughest job but you'll you'll never really regret it with enough years of hindsight <laughs> but uh you know it's it's worth getting in somebody's hip pocket and mm-hmm. and having sort of an apprenticeship even if it's for a year or two or three mm-hmm. um you know don't get too comfortable uh and but learn and there's somebody else I've done it for others people have done it for me I've learned from people and so I would I would look to do that I would try to get in uh, another veteran's hip pocket and learn from them for a couple of years. And then, you know, uh, go out on your own and, and build your dream.
1: Awesome. Well, Hey Bill, uh, really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, fascinating, interesting stuff and looking forward to the future success of local vest. I'll definitely be checking it out myself. So, all right. Thanks Joe.
0: This is great. I really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, thanks
1: again. You bet. All right. These two Marines are Oscar Mike.